Welcome to the 15th Club with your hosts, Ed Clements and Scotty Sayers. Ed and Scotty will bring you up to date on all the big news in the world of golf every Saturday from 5 to 6. It is time to tee it high and let it fly. This is the 15th Club live today from Austin Golf Club on New Year's Eve weekend. Uh, I'm Scotty Sayers along with Joe Beck at Austin Golf Club and Ed Clements is in New Orleans. We'll go to Ed in just a couple of minutes. 15th Club is brought to you by Texas Mutual Insurance, one of the great supporters of junior golf in Austin. ABC Bank, our friend Pal Thompson. Salt Lake Barbecue, the Naughty Deck and Bar at the Austin Renaissance. Maudie's Tex-Mex, the Muni Conservancy, Donald Ross Sportswear, Edel Golf, Zilker Belts, and Terios.ai, which is a new way to invest in real estate, our friend Sammy Joseph. You can listen to the 15th Club uh, on our podcast uh, on SoundCloud, Apple, or um, Spotify. We're available everywhere in case you miss one of our shows. We also have a Facebook and Instagram page. Right now, though, let's go to New Orleans. Ed Clements has just arrived for the Sugar Bowl. Ed, how are you this afternoon? What's happening over there in New Orleans? Let me tell you what, Pat O'Brien's is hopping. I just left <laughs> Pat O'Brien's there on Bourbon Street. They're Longhorn fans absolutely everywhere. I saw a few purple shirts, but I see a burnt orange everywhere already this afternoon. And the game is not until uh, Monday night at 7.45, but this place is already rocking Texas Longhorns. And hello, my friend Joe Beck. Thank you for babysitting in my place today there at the beautiful Austin Golf Club. But uh, it is, uh, it's going to be a heck of a scene at the football stadium, and it's already a heck of a scene. Let me tell you what, we drove today from the capital city, and it was heavy, heavy traffic, as I guess all just about all the way from Baton Rouge, Louisiana. It was bumper to bumper as the Longhorn fans are eager to see the Longhorns battle the Washington Huskies on Monday night. Well, Ed, uh, i got to tell you, we had a nice day playing golf today. Anybody that did not go to the game, uh, they weren't really shortchanged. I know we'd all love to be in New Orleans, but what a day for golf here in Austin. And uh, Joe and I had a nice match that went into extra holes. <laughs> nice for you. Well, nice. It, oh. it, it, well it, it turned out okay. Joe, yeah. Joe made a lot of birdies today, and I was lucky to beat him. But uh, And our friend Ben Crenshaw joined us, and we got to watch him make a about a 50-footer on the last hole. So things have not changed so much in 2023. Sergio Garcia let me was tell, out. Let me, let me tell Joe about your putting prowess, you know. Uh, Joe, Scotty let me be his partner in the day after Christmas Bulldog putting contest at Lions Municipal. And, man, oh, man, Scotty was red hot. I didn't hold up my end of the deal. I only made one eighth, and we got beat in seven extra holes by a former sponsor on this show, T. Harper, uh, of the Chevy dealership. And uh, we had a great time. But, Scotty, that was a bunch of fun watching the great guys putt at Muni the day after Christmas. It was really special to see people like the Petrie boys. Ron Pewitt and others. It was it was really really cool to see the old guard putt lights out. Also, Sonny Rhodes putted well too. But it was just fun to be there at Muni with you guys. Yeah, Billy Claggett had a he got into the semifinals I think, and uh, 
Dan Simpson was uh, nice enough to organize the tournament for us. And, oh, there's 60 or 70 guys that have spent their whole lives out at Lyons Municipal. And let me tell you, Ed, I thought you putted very well considering mm-hmm. it was 42 degrees. And you had a lot of putts that burned the hole. But our friend uh, Mike Kelly, who I played Little League Baseball with – 50-some-odd years ago, 60 years ago, Man. and uh, and his uh, son, Jason, boy, they, they putted great. And, uh, and we, well, had, we, had a great, we had a great visit with Wes Short, the former Longhorn and member of the Champions Tour. Well, he's going to – he has – I guess he's still a member of the Champions Tour. Uh, Joe, we were talking uh, to, to Wes about this. Wes finished one spot out of qualifying for the year on the Champions Tour. So now he's got to rely on Monday qualifying and sponsors exemption. And we talked about this with West Scotty. It is the hardest tour to get on, I believe. I believe the Champions Tour is because you have so many players who get exempt because of money on the PGA Tour and winning major tournaments. And West Short has made, oh, my gosh, I guess a million-plus dollars on the Champions Tour and didn't make much money on the PGA Tour and – He's not all the way on the Champions Tour in 2024, which is sad, but I got confidence in the guy that he's going to qualify, have some money qualifying, and get some sponsor exemptions as well. Yeah, well, look at, uh, you know, Omar was kind of in the same boat. Omar, Omar Uristi, uh, another fine player from Austin who went through the same process. Both, you know, he and Wes had a chance to qualify. And as a matter of fact, I think if um, if they didn't have a couple of hiccups uh, coming in, all they had to do is make a, a couple of pars, maybe, um, and they had they had it. And now, yeah. you know, they're on the outside looking in, like you said. And their only option now, I think, as you mentioned, is to do the you know the Monday qualifiers. And I, I don't know. I mean, it's a discussion point. To, to I, I don't know if that tour needs to loosen up a little bit and have a little more space for some newcomers, or maybe uh, maybe they're really happy where it is. Uh, well, w- w- one thing, Joe, let me interject that made me mad when Wes told me about this, that the, the policy is two of the guys, two of the five guys who qualified, and I hate to sound like I'm a nationalist, but two of the guys were from Australia, but two of the guys, five guys, will not be 50 years old, Joe, until July. And they gave them their card, and they can start playing in January. That's not fair for people like Wes Short and Omar Uresti, who are already over the age of 50. So these guys have two of the five cards, and they can't play till midsummer. That's not right. The PGA Tour needs to figure something out that's a better deal. Well, they need to do something uh, about the product. The Champions Tour needs a little boost, let's face it. And uh, we love the guys that are playing out there. There's really good golf being played there, but maybe they need to go back to some of the classic courses, uh, do something to – make their telecasts a little more interesting, uh, maybe formats. I don't know. Uh, I'd love to see him bring a Champions Tour event back to Austin. Yeah, that'd be oh, a lot of fun. I, uh, yeah. 100%, 100% on that, fellas. And you know what? When we say Muni, hey, Ben Crenshaw, Bill Court, lengthen Muni and have a some type of event out there. And it could be a, some type of Champions or it could be a women's tournament. But, yeah, Austin needs uh, – we, we're a big-time city now, and we've got big-time soccer. We've got the University of Texas in full flight. We've got the Round Rock Express, and we need professional golf. It is, it is just an, almost a must. And I think there's going to be a sponsor stepping up, surely, sometime 
to to put the money on the table for a Champions Tour event. And, Scotty, I still believe, too, there could be a live event in Austin with the influence of our friend Sergio Garcia and others. So that's not out of the question uh, as well. Before we go to break, can I say something about football? Yeah, there's some games I, 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 underway. <laughs> oh, I know. Ga- games are underway, and we are seeing, we've seen all week long the absurdity of college football right now because we have four teams that are playing for a national title, Texas, Washington, Alabama, and Michigan. Uh, I am currently watching the Georgia Bulldogs play the Florida State Seminoles. Florida State, 13-0, and the hard luck story. They didn't get in the Final Four. Uh, just underway in the second half, the score is 42-3 to Georgia. This is ridiculous. You've got people playing in these games who have not played all year long. You have players left and right opting out. Goodness gracious, last night Ohio State had a show who was wearing the number 33. He was wearing the number 33, and he's a quarterback. Uh, it's, it's gotten uh, ridiculous, and I think we're going to see a major shakeup next year when 12 teams make the playoff, and surely some of these bowl games will be eliminated. Georgia winning 42-3 to already today. Ole Miss over Penn State 38-25, and Maryland defeated Auburn 31-13. So it's, it's, it's kind of – I hate – well, it is. It's silly. And one of the writers in the Wall Street Journal called these college football uh, bowl games zombie bowl games because nobody's in the stands. You'll see full stands uh, at the Sugar Bowl here in New Orleans and a full Rose Bowl on Monday. But they've got to do something about these bowl games because they're meaningless and nobody's going. It's kind of a sad situation. Well, I think Georgia has a, is trying to make a statement. Carson Beck had a great first half. They're going to end up being the number three team after the final rankings come out because the two losers are going to drop back behind Georgia. I, I mean, it's a shame that there wasn't either an eight- or a 12-team playoff this year. Yeah, and, you, oh, and Ed, I, you, yeah. you feel like that uh, Florida State, um, I, I thought they'd come in there with a major chip on their shoulder just like Georgia, and this would be one of the best games you know, of the, of the College Bowl uh, series. But unfortunately, it looks like, you know, to your point, maybe some of the guys uh, decided not to play. Uh, they're heading off to the pros already, or, or they're jumping into the transfer portal. Uh, but it, it really is unbelievable that Georgia can be up 42-3 to at halftime, now going into the third quarter, obviously. And, you know, I mean, this thing may be 84-6 to by the time the game's over, just to prove a point <laughs> that they should have been in the top four. Uh, they could do that. And, Joe, you brought up a good point about the transfer portal because much was made about the starting quarterback for Florida State who was injured late in the season. They had to use a backup in a narrow win over Florida and uh, their win in the ACC championship. Well, the backup to the young man who got injured entered the transfer portal. And now Florida State is playing a true freshman. And Hmm. it's just not fair and not right. And as I said about Ohio State last night, Ohio State starting quarterback, he lost one game this year against Michigan. He didn't get a vote of confidence from his head coach. And he said, I'm in the transfer portal, and I'm going to Syracuse. So it's a, it's a wacky time in, in college football, saying all of that. The Longhorns have had a great transfer portal. They got a big rush in from UTSA. They got a wide receiver from Houston, a deep defensive back from Clemson. So uh, Texas and the big money schools are going to be the big winners 
in the transfer portal. We're seeing one of the one of the halves right now, Georgia, who's about to score once again against Florida State. It's all about the money now. It's all mm-hmm. about the big money in the transfer portal. Texas Texas is going to be on the big stage on Monday, and if the Horns are able to get a win, it is going to be huge for recruiting and even more money for the program for Steve Sarkeesian and the football team. That's right. I mean, that's for sure, Ed, and it's already been a big deal for the transfer portal just being in the the last four teams and, and in the college football playoffs and, and even more so if we win a couple of games. Let's take a break. We'll come back and talk more college football This is the 15th club talking golf football from Austin Golf Club back after these messages. Riding on the city of New Orleans, Illinois Central, Monday morning rail. We are back on the 15th club. That's a little Willie Nelson singing about so New good. Orleans. So how, about, how about that? I'm so Scotty good. Sayers, along with Joe Beck here at Austin Golf Club. Ed Clements is in the city of New Orleans uh, for the Sugar Bowl. Uh, uh, and uh, Ed, let me ask you: have have you got have you got one of those drinks in front of you that's 18 inches tall with a big long straw? Scotty, let me tell you this: is the Pope a Catholic? Let me just ask you. That. Uh, yes, sir, well, as Vern Luntzen says. <laughs> hey, don't forget, I'll be live next hour from here at the beautiful Sheraton Hotel, the Media Center. We're at the Media Center, uh, the hub of everything. Texas has their media day a little earlier this afternoon. There'll be a news conference in the morning, I believe, at 830. Uh, Steve Sarkeesian and Coach DeBoer of the Washington Huskies. And while we're at break, Georgia scored again. It's now 49-3. to the Georgia Bulldogs. They can put in I, – I dare say Joe Beck, you could go in for quarterback for Georgia late in this game. God love them. Uh, Florida State, they, they just they, – they look like they're deer in the headlights right now. Well, I'm just excited. My cousin over there, uh, Carson Beck's playing so good with Georgia. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's going to be a first-round draft pick. He's playing fantastically. He's, he's, well, he's, he's, I know it's so – you touched on it already, Ed. I, it's just so um, – disappointing i guess with uh the the portal and all this stuff that's going on and i mentioned scotty when we were at break you know i, I believe that the uh, playoffs are going to have to expand into maybe you know 36 teams uh just so <laughs> the guys will stay and, yeah. and they think they'll yeah. have a chance to win and uh you know and that's and, and the only way for these guys to you know stay locked into their schools without jumping into the portal or turning pro so fast on us well, well, the NCAA has, has NCAA, in my opinion, Joe, has done a great disservice to college football. Well, it's not a disservice to people like Texas and Oklahoma and the Aggies and Georgia and Alabama, but there are no guardrails up. There are no guardrails up on this name, image, likeness money. There are mm-hmm. no guardrails up about this uh, transfer portal. We kept on hearing you can only transfer once. For goodness sake, there was a quarterback for West Virginia, uh, a Slovis, who – who played for four different teams, for goodness sakes. You know, uh, Adonia Mitchell, the Texas wide receiver, has played now in three national championship games, or three playoff games. He played two years for Georgia. It's re- it's ridiculous what's going on, but uh, the, the name image likeness is out of control, and this transfer portal is really out of control. I, I, I go back to Ohio State. This young man for Ohio State, I don't remember his name, he started every game this year. He lost one game, a fairly close game, 
to Michigan and then said, huh, I'm going to go to Syracuse. Syracuse? Yeah. Uh, and the reason he went to Syracuse is M-O-N-E-Y. So it's just it's, it's out of control, the money situation. Let me just say this. Intel has told me that for the last two nights at Harris Casino here in town, across the street from the Sheraton, Michael Penix, the quarterback for the Washington Husky, has been seen two nights in a row playing $1,000 a hand blackjack at the tables. Oh, there you go. I mean, you know, where where does it end? You know, touch on this, Ed. Where does it end? You know, is there going to be a cap on NIL? Is it $4 bucks? Is it fifty million bucks? Is it a hundred million bucks? At some point, there's got to be a cap. And if there's yeah, and Joe, you, the way it's going I, right now, all these small schools they can forget about it. Well, the genie's out of the bottle because if you give Quinn Ewers a million dollars, if you give Arch Manning a million dollars, if you get Xavier Worthy five hundred thousand dollars to a million dollars, the genie's out of the bottle. You cannot go back. And I don't know what they're going to do. And I don't want Washington to get involved with it. But uh, we need to have one person running college football. And you know who that person needs to be, Joe Beck? It needs yes. to be Mac Brown. Mac Brown or someone with the integrity of Mac Brown to run college football and say, let's put a stop sign on this. You can transfer one time. Uh, and this is how much money uh, each player will get. And the starting quarterback will get no more than the second team guard. It's, 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 it's not going to happen because, as I said, uh, the the cow's out of the barn, the genie's out of the bottle because we're now on this path of it's an arms race, and it's mm-hmm. good for us. It's good for us Texas Longhorn fans because Texas is going to get bigger and bigger and bigger and more powerful because of the great alumni donations to this to this university. Ed, you're right, and it makes me uh, it makes me upset to talk about it. So let's talk about a couple other things. How is the traffic going over there? Are there a, a lot of Texas fans? I assume had to drive over since some of the airlines were jammed up. Yeah, I, I heard from some friends today flying, and there were delays at the airport on the flights getting out of uh, Austin Bergstrom to New Orleans, and just the traffic. It was it was. Not bad through Houston. Uh, it started getting bad when you entered the fine state and the fine roads of Louisiana. <laughs> so it was it was very heavy, uh, heavy conditions. Uh, I guess right around Baton Rouge, it started getting stacking up. So you know this is this is a busy time. Not only the Sugar Bowl, but it's New Year's Eve tomorrow. And I had a friend who once lived here said, "Hey, New Year's Eve in New Orleans is not for the faint of heart. So it's crowded." It's going to be wild, and uh, the bars are going to be, I, you know, I think you can get a drink 24-7 here, and God knows what else you can get here 24-7, but <laughs> it's just a bi- bi- busy, busy time, busy, busy time. And I've got to say goodbye because I've got to go get to the broadcast area where Ben and I are going to be and set our equipment up. So I'm going to say goodbye right now, but hey. I want you to join Ben and, uh, ben and me uh, in about 34 minutes or so for the End Zone Club where we really break down the Sugar Bowl game, and we also talk about the Cowboy game tonight. And also, I want to make my way over to, to Harris as quickly as I can to make a bet on the Dallas Cowboys, so I think we'll cover the five-and-a-half-point spread against the Detroit Lions tonight. Thoughts? Mm-hmm. Well, uh, I think the Cowboys do cover tonight. Let me ask you one more quick question, Ed. What, what's your prediction? Joe and I will have ours here in a few minutes, but what's your prediction on the game? Well, Scotty, I think Texas is going to win this game. I think it's going to be a big shootout. I think the Longhorns win 45-43. to 
I think it's going to be a burnt Auburn field goal in the final 30 seconds. I think it's going to be a big offensive display because Michael Penick is so good. And also, Quinn Ewers is pretty good himself. I think Texas is just a little bit better on the defensive side of the ball. And how about the uh, – I, I agree with you, by the way. My prediction is going to be close to yours. It is the um, – is a Texas home field advantage going to make a difference? I assume there's more orange there than there is, uh, what is it, maroon and black that's Washington? Well, it's, I mean, it's purple and gold. Okay, well, I, I'm way off. You were close. You were close. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. No, I think you bring up an excellent point because it is going to be it's going to be 80-20. That's what everybody's yeah. saying. 80% wow. Texas, 20% Washington. And nobody going to drive from Seattle to New Orleans. Uh, the week after Christmas, and also there's been a snafu with Alaska Airlines, too, on some flights. So not many fans, but loyal fans. I know we're coming up to news. Let me just lead us into yeah. the news. And let me tell everybody, you're listening to the 15th Club from New Orleans and from the Austin Golf Club. I'm at Columbus along with Scotty Sayers and our great friend Joe Beck. Don't forget the End Zone Club coming up soon. But right now, the news on News Radio 590 KLBJ. Saturday night is the loneliest night in the week Cause that's the night that my sweetie and I used to dance cheek to cheek Hi, this is Vernon Lundquist. You're listening to The 15th Club with Ed Clements and Scotty Sayers on KLBJ. That's pretty good right there. Thank you to our friend Vern Lundquist, who will be, uh, we'll see him at Augusta in April this year for another Masters. It wouldn't be the same without Vern. Mm -hmm. We're back on the 15th Club. I'm Scotty Sayers, along with Joe Beck. We're live from Austin Golf Club. Ed Clements just left us uh, for a few minutes to run over to Harrah's in New Orleans uh, he's there for the Sugar Bowl. And I think he and, he's keeping an eye on the quarterback. Yeah, Washington's quarterback. He's yeah. making sure none of the Texas <laughs> players are breaking curfew. But uh, Ed and Ben will be with the uh, the End Zone Club at the top of the hour from New Orleans. Fifteenth Club is brought to you by a host of loyal sponsors that uh, help us in our effort to save Lions Municipal Golf Course and to promote golf in Austin, Texas. Texas Mutual Insurance, ABC Bank, Salt Lake Barbecue, the Naughty Deck and Bar at the Austin Renaissance Hotel, Marty's Tex-Mex, the Muni Conservancy, Terios.ai, Edel Golf, Zilker Belts, and Donald Ross Sportswear. Um, talking about Vern Lundquist and the Masters, uh, Joe, we let's do a quick review of the year in golf. It's... Uh, it's done now, and they're going to start the Century Championship out at Kapalua next week. And, uh, of course, they had a tragedy in Lahaina with the big fire there uh, late in the summer. And uh, this tournament, I know they're going to make some contributions to help the residents there, and, and our hearts all go out to them. So they're trying to carry things on as best they can. But that'll be next week at the plantation course at Kapalua. In 2023, let's do a quick review. We saw Scotty Scheffler win the Players' Championship, and then uh, Brooks Kepka wins the PGA in May uh, after John Rahm had won the Masters to get things going in April. Wyndham Clark, bit of a surprise winner at the U.S. Open, and then the real surprise of the year, I guess, is Brian Harmon winning the British Open. Good players. Wyndham Clark and Brian Harmon, both good players. 
but uh, they wouldn't have been on your list to, as as somebody you'd pick. I think Wyndham Clark was forty to one in the U.S. Open. Yeah, I, you know it. It's always uh, great to see some of these guys jump out there and pick one off here and there. They had to beat you know some you know superstar players in their own right with Rory and Ricky. I believe was right on Wyndham Clark's heels the whole way at the U.S. Open. And then Brian Harmon, he did play fantastically. He had a pretty big lead the whole time, at least the last couple of days, and not too much pressure on him. But it was great to see him play. And the golf course was set up perfectly for him as well, um, a little bit like uh, it was for Wyndham. And, man, those guys played just some fantastic golf. And I'm looking forward to seeing uh, how things shake out this uh this next year for the majors and they're like you said uh, everything kind of cranks up next week and and uh uh at Kapalua and uh, then we're off to the races uh the rest of the year so uh, you know I, there there were there were a lot of things that happened this year Scotty in <laughs> golf and I think there's going to be a lot more uh that shake out and I, I, one of the things that stood out to me this year was uh with the USGA and I wanted I want everybody to kind of wrap their head around it because they are wanting or in, intend to roll the ball back uh, in 2028 and 2030 for both the pro side and the amateur side. So yeah. as you think about this, the golf courses, uh, the reason why these guys might be getting the ball out there so far, maybe the courses are just playing a little bit too firm and too fast. And so that may help them, uh, you know, dial the ball back a little bit. I know they carry the ball longer than they've ever carried the ball, but there's also, as you watch a lot of these events, you see the ball really, really roll out. You can also see a little, you know, maybe narrowing of the fairways possibly, maybe having the rough up a little bit higher, there's so many different things that you can do to take the driver out of their hands at some point. I do love watching those guys hit drivers because it's amazing how far and how straight and how much uh, swing speed and, and how that ball just fires off the club face. It's unbelievable. But then on the other hand, on the amateur side of the world, you know, you roll the ball back and now you have guys that, you know, love the game that may have to move up tee boxes and then you may run out of space because there aren't tee boxes any more forward than the ones that they're on and you know even even losing you know 10 to 20 yards off of your tee shots and obviously a little bit less on your iron shots etc it just uh you know we want to make the game fun and to be able to get the ball out there sure makes it fun for the amateurs well i agree with you to a point joe i i do think uh, that there had to be a time when the USGA would draw a line in the sand and just say we're not going any further. Uh, as far as rolling the ball back, eh, it's like 4% for amateurs, they say. So, you know, at this point in my life, I'm driving at 230 maybe. So, you know, 4%, though, that's, you know, that's maybe 10 yards. Yeah. So I'm going to have to hit one more club into the greens. On the other hand, I'm getting older. By 2030, when this takes effect for amateurs, seven years from now, I'm going to probably be 10 yards shorter as well. So that's 20, 20 yards. That's exactly. 20 yards. Okay. Exactly. Uh, but on the other hand, agronomy is going to get better. 
I think the players are going to be in better shape, both the amateurs and pros. We all take a little bit better care of ourselves than our than generations behind us, and uh, and so we're gonna we're gonna hit the ball a little further and and have the ball roll out more, like you say, because of agronomy and hard conditions on the course. Um, I don't think it's a big deal personally. I don't I don't mind it. Yeah, uh, and I'm not saying that from the standpoint of being affiliated with Golf Course Architects, mm-hmm. Ben Crenshaw and Bill Coor. Uh, I just don't think I – th- I think it was time to do something. Yeah, yeah. I think it's an interesting tug-of-war because you have the pros who are going to continue to see their purses go up, and it's going to drive the younger guys to work out harder. These guys are going to get stronger, faster. You're going to see bigger guys play golf, as we have seen lately, right? And we're going to continue to see these guys get bigger, faster, stronger. So they're definitely going to fly the ball out there longer. So, yes, in my opinion, with you, there should be a little bit of a rollback for those guys. But I I think that you have to be careful because that's only 1%, basically, of all the golfers that play. And the rest of the amateur side of the world really doesn't – they don't want to see the ball go shorter. They want yeah. to, you know, maybe maybe say, hey, we're, where we are today is where it stays. And if we do need to do something on the pro side because they're going to get bigger, faster, stronger, and hit it uh, with more speed, then maybe that ball has to be changed a little bit. And, and manufacturer – on the manufacturer side of the world, I, I think it's a – a bonus for those guys because you're going to be making two different golf balls and the the amateurs, some of the amateurs are going to want to stay on the pro side and want to play the same equipment that the pros play where some of the amateurs are going to want to play on the amateur side where it's going to, you know, give them an opportunity to hit the ball maybe a little bit longer and stay in the game longer. Um, and that's the thing I don't want to see is I don't want to see things get any harder than they are. It's so much fun to get out and try to play well, but it, as it gets harder and harder and harder and takes longer and longer to play the game, we're going to lose, lose golfers, in my opinion. Well, I, see, I think golf is booming to the point I'm not worried about losing golfers right now. I'm I'm very very upbeat on the game, even though pro golf and and we go back to June 6th of this year when Live and the PGA Tour decided to begin to aim towards some kind of a solution uh, for the future for joining forces mm-hmm. may or may not happen. It hadn't happened as of today, December 30th, but. Uh, We'll see what happens with that. They dropped the lawsuits, which is good, a little less mm-hmm. turmoil for the game. And um, I, look, uh, professional golf uh, to me is a is a sidelight. It's what, like watching an NFL game. It's been my business for a lot of years. But I am so encouraged by the excitement that people have for playing municipal golf, for playing club golf. Club memberships are all full. Municipal courses are they're just bursting with players. Mm-hmm. Uh, Top Golf, uh, Butler Park, whether it's par three courses, whether it's virtual golf, whatever it is, everybody's playing the game and finding their niche where they want to play. So, uh, and am so I, that's am the I key. worried about ball rollback? <clears throat> Heck no. I'm well, excited about golf and where well, it's going. And we want to keep that. That we want to keep the excitement. We we don't want the negative. We don't want the rollback. We don't right. want. We don't need to you know rock the apple cart. It, uh, it, yeah. we, it's unnecessary. So, the and, idea is you you talked you talked about this off air 
um, how the off course or virtual golf has really created another avenue for these, you know, golfers to get involved. It doesn't take as much time. They still have a lot of fun and maybe they don't get on the golf course as often, but they're still in the game. Right. Yeah. And look at all these other things that are being created for a little bit shorter, faster way of enjoying the game. And I think that's inspiring a lot more people as well. Still, that <laughs> that rollback <laughs> is not a not a good thing uh, in 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 on the amateur side, for sure. In yeah. my opinion. And they may rethink it. Who knows? I mean, the 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 fact that they said it five yeah. years from now. Uh, 2028 for the pros, 2030 for amateurs. Uh, we'll see if that if that actually takes place. So, um, but what we'll do in the next segment is we're going to make our predictions on the majors for 2024, and we're going to talk about some of the new young players uh, coming up in the PGA Tour and golf, and maybe see if there's going to be any surprises that we think maybe some older players will come back and play well. This is the 15th Club on KOBJ live from Austin Golf Club, and don't forget the End Zone Club comes on at 6 o'clock with Ed and Ben Clements, live from New Orleans. Back after these messages. That's our friend, the late Tony Joe White. And uh, he he thrilled us with his performances at the Ben Willie and Daryl for so many years. So good. And uh, boy, we miss him. Mm-hmm. This is the Fifteenth Club on KOBJ. I'm Scotty Sayers, along with Joe Beck out at Austin Golf Club, and we wish you all a safe and happy New Year. 2024 is uh, bound to be a good year ahead. Uh, city of Austin is growing, and uh, we've got problems like every major city, but. Uh, We've, we're doing our best to overcome those problems, and we look ahead optimistically, especially in the golf world. Uh, we want to save Lions Municipal Golf mm-hmm. Course in 2024. It's the 100th anniversary of the course, 100 years. They played 65,000 rounds at Lions last year. It's the home course for 12 high school golf teams and the Austin Junior Golf Academy. It's time to celebrate. It's time, time to, to celebrate, celebrate and uh, and hunker down and save, yeah. save that course. Um, Texas Mutual Insurance, ABC Bank, and Tirius.ai uh, support the uh, 15th Club. And the Muni Conservancy, by the way, we're having our Imagine Muni, uh, our big fundraiser and celebration on March 24th at Austin City Limits, best venue in town. Can you sign up? Uh, you can go to the website and uh, and sign up. We'll have uh, the sign talent up. announcements in the next few days. It's going to be Ray Benson and Jimmy Vaughn mm, awesome. for sure, but we've got some other entertainment that we'll be announcing soon. Okay, Joe, uh, we had a great year this year on the PGA Tour. Live Golf had, had their moments with Taylor Gooch uh, sort of dominating them, but PGA Tour, uh, John Rahm, Probably going to end up being player of the year. Scotty Scheffler started out really hot, uh, but even Scotty says that John probably uh, should be player of the year. I think they're about to vote on that. 
probably announce it in the next few days, right? Yeah, I mean, both guys, you know, moved the needle. Both guys had great years. I think uh, Scotty finished uh, a little higher on the money list at around $21 million, and John came in around $16 million. <laughs> How about wow. that? Wow. But both guys played beautifully. Uh, you know, if Scotty Scheffler has a hot putter, it, there's no question he uh, he takes player of the year. But, yeah, it's a, it's a toss-up. I think, as you mentioned, I think Scotty Scheffler said give it to John Rahm. But uh, but both those guys played great. We're going to miss John Rom. Him uh, heading over to live, uh, unfortunately. Uh, the guy's exciting. Uh, the guy's a winner. And uh, man, I just love watching him play and play aggressively. And he has no fear. And uh, it's just going to be a tough loss, I think, for the PGA Tour. So um, hopefully, some of these other guys can step up and uh and make a difference and make a big splash and and uh take his place but we'll see how we'll see how the year shakes out yeah uh john rom's defending champion by the way at the century uh the tournament of champions mm -hmm. the plantation course and of course he's ineligible to play since uh since he's now on the live tour okay joe we are going to go down uh the line with the major tournaments for this year and make our predictions we'll save the tape and see how we did at the end of the year uh, but let's go ahead and start out with the Players' Championship, which is not officially a major, but sort of kicks off the golf year in March. So uh, who's your pick for that? You know, my pick's going to be Brian Harmon. Um, I like uh, Harmon going into this. He's He had a great year last year. He's really been playing well over the last two or three years. I think he's comfortable in his skin. It's nice for him to pick off a major, and I think he's going to be the guy to beat. Uh, coming up for the Players' Championship. Okay, I'm picking Rory. I think Rory's going to be Player of the Year. I think he kicks off the uh, big mm -hmm. tournaments of the year uh, with a win at TPC. Now, we get into the majors, and the first one, um, of course, is the Masters. And, uh, okay, yeah. got John Rahm is the defending champion. Who do you pick there, Joe? Man, it's hard to it's hard to go against John Rahm, but you know what? Uh, there's another guy that's an uh, 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 international player by the name of Victor Hovland. I'm going to go with Victor Hovland at the Masters. I think the golf course sets up great for him. Another guy, uh, just like Harmon, that's been playing well over the last two or three years and is kind of knocking on the door. Harmon, you know, walk through the door this last year. I think this year is Victor Hovland's time to do it, and I think it's going to be at the Masters. Well, that was my pick. So now I'm <laughs> oh, no. going to roll. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, that's all right. I'm going to roll over to, uh, man, I'm going to Jordan Spieth. I know that's a little bit stepping out, but wow. I think Jordan uh, is about ready to, to roll back. And I mm -hmm. say that uh, – with all due to respect to your pick, Victor Hovland, because that's who I would have picked. But I'm going to say Jordan, um, he needs a bounce back year, really. I mean, he mm -hmm. didn't have a bad year last year, but we, we expect more from Jordan. Yeah. And if yeah. he can get the drivers straightened out, I think he's going to really, you know, start to make some – 
he's going to make a move here, and and he needs to step back up to be one of the top five players in the game. We all want that. Man, he's he's got the package, and you know the thing that we haven't seen from him is a little bit more consistency. That's yeah. that's all we're looking for. And I yeah. think I think if he can get you know on the Jordan Spieth roll, obviously he's putting the ball well. Like you said, if he drives it a little bit better and hits his iron shots a little bit better. I don't disagree whatsoever. I think he's got a great shot. Okay, PGA Championship at historic old Valhalla mm-hmm. in Louisville, Kentucky. I still don't don't love that venue, but uh, who's your pick for the PGA Championship? In yeah, May? you know, you guys aren't really going to want to hear this one, but I'm, I got a feeling that Pat, uh, Patrick Cantlay is going to get in there. Okay, and I had I had Cantlay and Xander Shoffley at my li- at top of my list. So you say Cantlay, yeah. I say Shoffley. I I just think the golf course is really really set up beautifully for him, um, and again he's another guy that's due. Uh, you know he's getting a little bit tougher, a little bit uh, more mentally in the game, uh, and I think he's going to be the guy for the PGA. Will he be wearing a hat? As opposed he, to the runner and JT. Yeah. Okay. So then the U.S. Open at Beth Page. Wow. What a great venue. And the New York fans are, uh, I think the U.S. Open's at Beth Page, isn't it? I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah. And then they've got a Ryder Cup coming up there in yeah. a few years, too. Oh, I'm sorry. The U- that's, that's Ryder Cup. Pinehurst, Pinehurst is the U.S. Open this year. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, who's going to win the okay. U.S. Open at Pinehurst? So, Don't take my guy this time. I'm going first, oh, Scotty okay, Scheffler. Go, I'm going Scotty <laughs> Scheffler. U.S. Open. You got to have somebody creative. So I'm I'm going to go with Spieth on the U.S. Open at Pinehurst okay. because of the shot shot making, short game, et cetera. He's he's the guy for me. Okay, yeah. Sorry about that, uh, Beth Page, but the Ryder Cup will be wild up there oh, can't in wait. Uh, 2025. Can't, wait. can't imagine. Okay, the final, uh, the British Open is at Troon this year, and uh, you take this one. Yeah, um, I think another breakthrough is going to happen this year at Troon. If you look at Troon's track record, there are a number of breakthroughs. The guy that's going to win at Troon is going to be Terrell Hatton. He's going to win Troon. Okay, Terrell Hatton, who's rumored to be going to live. Uh, I'm going to say Rory because I do think wow. Rory's going to be Player of the Year. I think he's got the uh, two majors, the British Open. Yeah, well, the Players' Championship yeah. and the British. So we'll roll the tape at the end of the year. All right, the Cootie Boys are going to be forces on tour. Uh, Aberg. There's a lot of new young players. We'll talk about those in future weeks. Uh, Joe, thanks for uh, joining us. And uh, I know, like me, you want to wish everybody a Happy New Year, and everybody drive safe and, and hook them horns for I sure. I do, yeah. Appreciate you having me on the What's show. What's your prediction for the game right quick? Get your horns up. The horns by three touchdowns. They're going oh, no. to put it on them. I'm oh, going to yeah. say it's a three-point game, and I agree with Ed. Burt Auburn kicks the winning field goal 41-38. to 38. Our defensive line dominates, and that guy, the quarterback's not going to get many passes off right. the way he wants to. So, anyway, Happy New Year's. Love you guys. Appreciate you having me on the show. All right. Thanks, and uh, listen to the End Zone Club at the top of the hour. Thanks to Jack back in the studio. This is the 15th Club on KLBJ.